0: Hello and welcome back on EconWise Inc, I'm your host Tao Yu and today we're going to be talking about the financial accelerator, which is credited to be turned by economists such as Ben Bernanke, Mark Gerber and Simon Gilschrist. Basically, this is a means by which development in financial markets amplify the effects of changes in the economy. Um, well, conditions in financial markets and the economy may reinforce each other, resorting in a feedback loop that produces a boom or bust, despite the changes themselves being relatively small when examined uh, individually. Ex-Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke, who famously was the Federal Reserve Chairman during the financial crash of 2008. Started his career actually by theorizing that um, such a situation would make a financial crisis worse by accelerating its initial impact. Well, imagine that a firm doesn't do as well as expected and uh, thus finds itself with fewer funds at its disposal. This means that um, its credit worthiness gets worse, and so it becomes harder for it to raise outside capital by borrowing. Now. If the firm is a bank, and worse still, if all the banks in an economy are in the same situation, then basically they are not going to or cannot fulfill the role of financing the economy. And this is basically done by giving uh, loans to corporations and credits to consumers and so on. So, uh, consequentially, um, credit becomes a lot more expensive and some firms even go bankrupt because they can't raise outside capital. This has, um, first and foremost, an adverse impact on the banks themselves that had lent money to these firms, and then the whole thing just resembles a rolling snowball getting bigger and bigger. Um, what ultimately results is that um, the financial crisis is accelerated. Something like this happened during the recent subprime mortgage crisis in 2008. Um, when weakened banks had to take huge losses from their mortgage operations and then basically stopped lending to each other, leading to the credit crunch. The link between the real economy and the financial markets basically stems from the firm's need for external finance to be able to engage in physical investment opportunities. Um, As such, the firm's ability to borrow really depends essentially on its market value, which is based on the net worth. Lenders are likely to have little information about which one of their customers are reliable, and uh, so they usually require borrowers to get forth with their ability to pay, usually being demonstrated as some form of collateralized asset. This is basically when, if you default on your loan, that is, you stop paying it, the bank has rights to basically get your collateral, usually it's a house or whatever. It follows that a fall in asset prices basically deteriorate the balance sheets of the firms and their net worth, and the um, resulting deterioration of their ability to borrow. Uh, bears a negative impact on their investment capabilities and investment potential. And consequently, um, because there is less investment, economic activity decreases um, even further and casts the asset prices down, which then leads to the feedback cycle of the failing asset prices deteriorating balance sheets, which tightens financing conditions and declines economic activity. And this vicious cycle is called, or is known as, the financial accelerator. Now, to reinforce, it is a financial feedback loop, and which starts from a small change in financial markets and ends up with a large change in economic conditions. If we take a look back at the 2008 crash again. We can see that welfare consequences of the subcrime mortgage crisis was basically caused by relatively small losses of subcrime assets, which have triggered um, large reductions in wealth employment and uh, the economy's output. An estimation for the direct losses due to household defaults on subprime mortgages are usually about 500 billion US dollars. But the effects of subprime stocks have been basically far reaching. In fact, in order to prevent such huge welfare losses, governments may even intervene in the financial market and implement policies to mitigate the effects of the initial financial shock for the credit market. Uh, The most traditional one is for the central bank to uh, become uh, to be a lender of last resort, to ensure uh, that uh, these crises don't really happen in the first place. One policy implementation, uh, um, one other policy implementation, is to break the link between the borrower's net worth and the ability to borrow which as shown by the 2008 crisis, there are various ways of breaking the mechanism of financial accelerator. One way basically is to revert the decline of asset prices. Basically, this is when asset prices fall below a certain level and governments can purchase assets at those prices, pulling back up the demand and raising their prices back to where they were before. Anyone will know this theory uh, based on if they have studied supply and demand. The Federal Reserve did this when purchasing mortgage-backed securities uh, in 2008 and 2009. Um, With unusually low market prices, these supported asset prices pulled the net worth for their borrowers up again, loosening the borrowing limits and stimulating investment. In conclusion, uh, the financial accelerator theory basically proposes that at the peaks of business cycles. The majority of businesses and consumers have overextended themselves to varying degrees, which relates back to our episode on financial market instability. This means that uh, they have taken on cheap debt to finance improvements or expansions to their business and lifestyles, and also means that uh, they have become increasingly sensitive to any changes in the credit environment, more so than they would be at any other point in the business cycle. Um, when the expansion portion of the business cycle comes to an end, that is, when uh, the business cycle ceases to rise again, this same overextended majority gets pinched by poorer economy and tightened in credit. As such, losses make it harder to borrow for these people, which in turn leads to even more losses. And every time the problem gets bigger, it's like a financial snowball, which magn- uh, magnifies the effect. Just as how a healthy financial system promotes growth, adverse financial conditions may even prevent the economy from reaching its potential.